Hey, TRB fans, for the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry, head to jewelrybrands.shop for items spanning the entire Star Wars galaxy from the Mandalorian to the Skywalker Saga and beyond. I'm wearing a Grogu pin myself right now. Their items are top of the line, best stuff you can get out there. And make sure you use code TRB at checkout to get 10% off your order. Jewelrybrands.shop, the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry. Hey, TRB fans. It's back to school time. You know what that usually means. Everyone gets their new clothes to look fresh for their new school year. Uh, I'm not in school anymore. Neither are these two. But you remember those feelings. Boba Fett may be freshening up his duds for the book of Boba Fett. We're going to talk about that. So welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Resistance Broadcast. Uh, I'm John. That's James. That's Lacey. Uh, We're here to talk about... Uh, the latest in Star Wars news and giving our takes on the news. You don't need the news from us. You go to Star Wars News Net every day to get your Star Wars news. You want our opinions on Star Wars news, and that's what we're doing on our Monday show. Uh, so very excited to talk about what we got going on in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, it is September now. Um, big, big time fall season coming up. We've kind of been talking about this. We are now three months away officially from when the book of Boba Fett's going to be coming out. Uh, before we know it, 2022 is going to be here. We're eight months away from Star Wars Celebration. A lot of great things. Like, Star Wars is coming. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the calm before the storm for us, for all Star Wars fans. But we're glad that you're here enjoying this with us. That means you're a diehard Star Wars fan. Some people are like, oh, Star Wars isn't like popular right now. I'm just going to duck out for a while. Not you, <laughs> not us. Um, so what's going on, guys? How you doing, James? What's going on? Um, I'm good. I'm actually kind of excited because, uh, I didn't tell you, but I told Lacey, uh, before we started that I got an advanced copy of the visions Ronin book. And it's interesting because the, the, the story itself doesn't come out until a few weeks after visions drops. So most people are going to see visions as it is. And then a couple weeks later, get a, a novel that kind of keeps the story going or whatever. I don't exactly right, know right. how they fall into line or whatever. But now that I have this copy of the book, it kind of gives me this interesting perspective on enjoying the book and then potentially kind of getting a prequel to that in a few weeks. So it's kind of weird. That's cool. I don't know how far I'll get in the book um, before Visions comes out, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, that kind of inspires me to like try to read it as soon as possible. So it's kind of interesting that they even sent it this far in advance. Yeah, speaking of Visions... It comes out it's, October 12th. Yeah, speaking of Visions, it's right around the corner, but they also released a bunch of merchandise for Visions, like T-shirts and socks and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. they look so cool. It's like budgets man <laughs> yeah john john dropped all these like live action series and stuff we're like so visions <laughs> like I'm non-canon cartoon excited thing. Yeah. about visions i i can't wait i think it's going to be completely different than anything we've ever seen and i love it i um uh, 
I agree. I'm very excited to see that. I'm excited to see your take on that, Lacey, because you're probably the most well-versed in um, that type of animation in terms of uh, our vantage point. Well, James likes Dragon Ball, so I'm not going to say that. I I know a little bit about some anime stuff, like in theory, but I don't don't like watch it. You know, I'm not like an anime person. That's fair. That's fair. You have a a couple shows that you you like. I've seen Um, Avatar The Last Airbender. (laughs) It's like not, not anime. I actually haven't seen that. Didn't Dave Filoni, wasn't he involved with that? I would really like to know how involved he was with it because he gets a lot of credit for it and I'm kind of like I think it's he's a, like kind of writing the I know I think he's kind of like writing the line of like I don't want to tell anybody for, I did like, like 8% like the Mandalorian. on that. they're like oh Filoni thank god for Filoni I'm like you guys have no every upper, no idea every time we bring up Filoni the first thing that pops in my head and I've said this before is from the gallery season one Episodes where he's talking about how he didn't think he got the job with George Lucas and he thought the Spongebob guys were like pranking him. Oh, right. Every time he comes up, that's the first thing I think about is like that he was buddies with the Spongebob people, which is like one of the best animation shows ever. And that they pranked him so much that he didn't think George Lucas wanted to meet with him. Yeah. And that's that's unreal too. I mean, I, I would imagine most people probably would not think that was legitimate. Yeah. Um, before we get going here, uh, for people watching on YouTube and maybe hear me sipping a little bit of a very hot coffee I'm drinking. And do you know where this coffee's from, guys? Duncan. No, it's from <laughs> no. us. Boston Duncan. It is. This is from Weird Brothers. Oh, nice. And it, if you're new to the pod, um, last year we partnered with Weird Brothers and we created a coffee flavor and a coffee brand uh, still called the resistance brew still partnering. still yes yeah so if you go to weirdbrothers.com uh they're out of virginia so you're like oh, i'm not live in virginia john what am i gonna do you go to weirdbrothers.com you look up just go to search look up resistance brew you'll find us you'll find our, our co- we have a coffee and you can buy it there you can buy it uh ground or you can mm-hmm. buy it where you grind it up that's we it's kind of fun to do that you put it in the blender grind it up and then uh, brew away but either way look up resistance brew at weirdbrothers.com pick up a bag have it sent uh, to your house it'll be there soon or with uh, the holidays coming up in the next couple of months it's a good gift to give in a stocking either way resistance brew and you're helping us as a podcast and also a small business down in virginia they're awesome over there weird brothers that supports uh, veterans too that's the big thing. they support veterans yeah. go to weirdbrothers.com and look up the resistance brew and also they have a bunch of other cool other star wars theme and nerd theme flavors uh so go check out weird brothers.com uh but yeah all you have to do is search resistance brew and, and it'll pop up so grab yourself a bag and it is delicious so enjoy um it's gonna be a late night recording so this is weird brothers is keeping me going so um all right with that aside uh we do have a lot of cool stories to get into here i'm very excited uh a lot of a wide range here so we're gonna kick things off with mr james baney as we always do what's going on bud it's the resistance john we are right off the heels of star wars newsnet's exclusive report on the obi-wan kenobi show right but this week we're talking a little bit about the book of Boba Fett and that's because Star Wars Newsnet has another small little bit of detail here that we'll get into um, that has to do with this show and kind of a little bit about maybe the point or the synopsis if you will the idea behind it and a few little details about um, some of the costuming now that being said minor spoilers ahead we really wouldn't talk about this if we felt like it was something that really was like 
a big secret or something that's going to like ruin the show. Um, we would keep, we probably wouldn't have even published the story to begin with. Uh, but that being said, we'll, we'll talk about it here. Um, it looks like Star Wars Newsnet has learned that in this series, Boba Fett is in revenge mode. And I'm quoting the site here. He will be going after everyone who did him wrong in the past, and he will also be looking for the other bounty hunters. And even more, he will be doing it with a new look to his armor. So, John, I'm going to start with you on the story. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the new look and the kind of maybe the the idea behind the show? Where are we going with it? Yeah, so we had been working on this story for a while because of how uh, the information came in and you have to be careful because there's always that game of telephone. And I'm not saying we heard it from someone who heard it from someone who heard it from someone, but people who deliver you information um, when it's you're not tangibly seeing photos like we did with the Obi-Wan story, mm-hmm. like we saw photos. We're like, okay, we can obviously decipher what's going on here this is this person relaying us what they observed so you have to be careful with that because that's their interpretation right so we had to be careful especially when it came to his armor um because when you say because even people took our story and misinterpreted it as he's just replacing his armor that's that's not how we took it um if you actually read the article um some people for some reason like commenting on articles without reading them that's a new phenomenon maybe not new but it's a thing um we took it as he's kind of upgrading his armor or or improving it and making it better he's not taking his father's armor that he was looking for for so long and he uh repainted and refurbished in the mandalorian and getting rid of it Uh, but we were told he definitely has a different look um it's not drastic he's still gonna have his helmet and all that stuff um but the word is that uh, it does look a bit different, and our this is where we start speculating on it, and in like our like newsroom or whatever, is it makes sense because if you ever watch a show that does a lot of, we're going in the past, then we're going back to present, going in the past and going back to the present, if it's the same character, especially in a situation where this character is masked, you want to make sure that you can tell the difference of what's past and what's present because I don't think they're going to do. Uh, like American History X, where it's like all the stuff in the past is in black and white. In the present, it's in color, so you know. I think it's going to be a situation where they want to make sure Boba Fett looks a certain way in the past, which is probably the traditional Boba Fett, because they're uh, Tamara Morrison, I believe, did reveal we're going to revisit that time between Empire and, and Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to get that traditional Boba Fett look, and I think now they're going to make sure they do it a bit different so that when they are in the present, you understand this is happening now. Um, I think that's the main reason for it. I'm sure there's also a merchandising angle for it. You want to get the Book of Boba Fett version of Boba Fett? He has this new mm-hmm. shoulder pad or like a different tint that he put on his uh, chest plate. Uh, that's what we're looking at here. And the other cool thing is that it sounds like it's going to be some sort of revenge tour in a way. Uh, he obviously came in guns blazing and blew away Bib Fortuna. He's not messing around. This isn't the limo driver, as I called him in The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, he's here to wreck house. And I wonder if the Book of Boba Fett means like it's sort of like this list he has of people he wants to run through. You know what I'm saying? And then like he's like... He, like keeping, Steve Buscemi uh, on Happy Gilmore? Exactly. Exactly like Steve Buscemi, except Boba Fett's not going to, uh, when he's done crossing out names, put lipstick on, I guess. But... <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I think it's maybe like the book of Boba Fett or is Ryan one of those in the office. Th- 
Yes, yes. Or like Chris Jericho in wrestling. You made the list. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, that's my guess. But uh, the real crux to the, the news is he's going to be on the revenge tour. He's going to be looking for bounty hunters. We don't know whether it's he's going to go to kill them or to recruit them, but he's looking for other bounty hunters. And he may have an upgraded look to his armor, which doesn't mean he's replacing his dad's armor, but getting with the times. So I think it's a pretty cool story. Nothing too spoilery, nothing too big. Uh, we're only three months away from the show. We haven't gotten a trailer yet. So uh, we'll be curious to see what that does, but um, it's a nice little, nice little story to get the get the appetizers going, right? Get the appetite mm-hmm. rolling. Yeah, uh, Lacey, what were your thoughts on the uh, story here? Um, well, I agree with everything John said. He kind of covered the whole story. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess the one thing that stood out to me about the revenge thing is that it's not surprising. I feel like I've been saying this for like a year and a half. Is that what I, that's what I wanted. I didn't want like this emotional tale. I wanted him to just go in and wreck house because that's what made me like him in the Mandalorian. Now, that probably sounds terrible and you're like Lacey you're so brutal sometimes yeah and sometimes you just want to see people wreck house and like Vader (laughs) in Rogue One so when that episode came I was one of the biggest people that was like are we really bringing him back like do we really need this character and then Robert Rodriguez made that episode so awesome and so fun and then you get the behind the scenes thing where he did the whole episode like shot for shot with action figures with his sons in the yard that it just it made me more attached to the idea of not only Robert Rodriguez doing this, but of this idea of bringing this character back and making it the character that they all imagined it would be when they were little. Like, mm-hmm. I love that aspect of it, of being like, oh, this is what I thought Boba Fett was, even though he didn't do anything. This is yeah. what I pictured in my head. So this is what I'm hoping to do in the show. Um, I'm also super pumped for Tim. You know, you could tell that he loves it, <laughs> whether he's in a hot tub or not telling you uh, <laughs> that he loves uh playing Boba Fett and he's excited for what's to come. Um, The look, like John said, it doesn't surprise me because of the merchandise angle. That's the first thing I always go to. You guys know that like Disney's got to make money. Star Wars wants to make money and they want to sell toys. Uh, But the bigger thing here is what John said is that they don't want you to be confused. So they'll make sure to, you know, we joke around here with the like the bang theory where you give younger people bangs so that you know that they're younger. Yeah. It's like the same thing. It's like just making sure that you can distinguish in the storyline what's in the past and what's in the present. Um, and I think the easiest way to do that is what we were saying here is just changing the armor a little bit, but not changing it enough that people get annoyed or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super pumped. I can't wait to see what the show is going to deliver because as we learned from robert rodriguez recently is that he says it's gonna knock your socks off and be the best thing you've ever seen and mm-hmm. it's gonna be epic and you're like what what did he do if this is what he's saying out of the gate like before the, we haven't seen anything of this show yet and he's already saying that so uh i have high hopes it, it definitely makes me think that when you're looking at it from the angle like you are Lacey, where you're saying i wasn't sure about boba fett and then he came in and he wrecked shop I'm thinking Book of Boba Fett is going to mean that what he did in that episode five or whatever is nothing compared to like what you're going to see. Oh, in the show. yeah. Good point. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that this is the opportunity. They were like, oh, we're bringing him back. But it's kind of a setup for them to do what they really wanted to do, which is like 
he's going to blow people give, up. <laughs> yeah, give him the list and he's going to cross it off and yeah. stuff. All that being said, that's that's awesome. That's really cool. I think that that kind of it like if this is in fact the direction that they go for the show, it means it's probably less likely that you're going to see that um omega family emotional stuff in this show yeah 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 so it kind of makes it a little less likely that that maybe bad batch was not supposed to be like a tie-in and then you get book of boba fett and then you get it might be the one emotional beat though it 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 might be that one part yeah i'm just saying if it 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 made me think when i read this that they were doing you know they're like six or eight episodes or whatever of just like every one of them is like the blacklist like another new bounty hunter to cross <laughs> off the list and it's just that's gonna be actually them going. so true i didn't even think of that because i've been watching that recently like that literally is is like the episode kicks off with like one of the people and it's like number 18 this person yeah oh my and gosh. like how how shocking if like they really are just like knocking them off like bosk like we've never we haven't seen bosk i don't think since so it's like they could the they could just use this as the platform to be murdering all these famous. Imagine that was hunters. the pitch. He's like, could "Look, be. I really love Blacklist. It's on Netflix. What if we do that, but just make it Star Wars?" Yeah, I mean, just alone to be like, "I got this idea. It's called the Book of Boba Fett, and well, he's got this list, and he's going back and getting revenge." All that makes sense. I, mm-hmm. I like yeah. the idea with the costumes too. By the way, like it, it is, but I will say it's a little strange that he would have gotten his armor back and then like in the next episode perfectly cleaned and painted and everything and he looks awesome like it looks absolute top notch and then like i don't know how long after that he like revitalizes the armor and like repaints I'm gonna paint it, it black. or something yeah it just it seems a little odd like i don't know what his <laughs> his thought process would be to make this thing look really clean and styled this the way that he always had it Right. And then yeah. a couple months later, like turn around and re- do something different. It could be attachments, though. It could be like he picked up a he better. He left the dent. That was the big thing people noticed is that he did oh, leave yeah. the dent from the head. Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, we reported this as a rumor just because we didn't see tangible info on it. Yeah. Um, and we did find it strange. Um, that there would be an armor change so we like we just we we deduced it as he's not changing like he's not getting rid of Django's armor um but it's more of like maybe he like mando kind of he changes i was gonna say and, that yeah yeah had had new things to add to the mix or whatever which could be fun just from a fan perspective of boba fett like yeah i've seen him do the rocket uh backpack thing and i've seen him <laughs> you know use his uh little eye thing and his knee rockets now and all stuff and what if he just like finds a new weapon and he or it could be fennec new- being like hey how about we get an upgrade here yeah, so so yeah. so who knows? But I do like the aspect of if it is one of those things where you bring in the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back, that would make sense from the aspect of why Favreau wanted to do a Boba Fett series to begin with was I want to play with the action figures and I want to bring them to life and stuff. And right. he didn't get to do a Boba Fett show and now they're getting to do it. And yeah, Robert Rodriguez, and what was his contribution to Boba Fett? Like you guys just said, uh, just him annihilating people. So and you that's his feel style, like if, right? Like if he he's the showrunner, yeah. If he's the showrunner, this is gonna be okay. Corral just like doing some serious damage, uh, Boba Fett. So um, I'm I'm very curious to see how far he takes it. 
Um, and that does make me, like you said, Lacey, maybe lean less towards the sentimental side. And I think it'd be a risky thing to try to tap into some sort of Logan thing with Boba Fett because everyone just knows him as this... You don't want to get Ruthless too in. Guy. Yeah. You don't want to get too into Boba Fett because what makes him cool is that you don't know too much about him. Yes, we know where he came from because of the prequels and stuff, but him inside his head, we never really got too too close to him, and I don't think they want to do that because that's kind of risky, especially for fans who covet him so much. You want to keep that mystique and that aura about him, and I I hope that they understand that. So I think they're gonna maybe not dip too far into the let's really get to the core of Boba Fett as a person or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're in, in store for some absolutely chaotic mayhem level of action. And uh, I think that's the type of character you do that sort of thing with. Do do the deep lore stuff with Ahsoka. Get into that when you bring right, Luke in. Right. Mando Emotional, and Grogu. Yeah. Like this one, go cowboy. Get wild and let's see this guy do some serious damage, which they've showed us. And if that teaser was any indication, he's not messing around. You know, he's not taking Bib Fortuna putting people with pistols and stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's not putting Bib Fortuna in a cage, saying like, "If this happens, then you'll live." He just like, "Bang, you're gone." Like it's just like that was it. We're like, "Boom!" Oh, Bib Fortuna's back. Oh, oh, he's dead. Oh, whoa. I mean, that's an example of what I was saying. Is like. Yeah, we hadn't yeah. seen Bib Fortuna past this point, so like just capping a, a legendary character or whatever, old school, yeah. old original can trilogy we, character. Can we acknowledge for a second how bananas, straight bananas it is, that Jon Favreau went to Lucasfilm and was like, yo, I want to do a Boba Fett series. And they were like, nah, dog, you're not doing Boba Fett. We got Boba Fett over here. You're going to have to do something else. And yeah. he was like, okay, so I'm going to do someone that looks like me and <laughs> looks like Boba Fett, is kind of like Boba Fett, and then I'm going to add a kid involved, but like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And they were like, okay, go, 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 go. And then he was, they were like, so John, do you, do you want Boba Fett now? And he was like, yes, of course I do. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's just I so wonder, crazy that it you- started with that. And they were like, no, you can't have it. And now they're like, will you please take this thing? <laughs> yeah, do you- that's a good yeah. point. I know you guys are going to be like, yes, but (laughs) I just thought, do you think there's a chance that if the popularity of Boba Fett blows up and he's a big popular character again, I think it already did. Well, I'm, but I mean, they're going to put like a headline name on the show and everything and it'll be the next show from Disney plus. But sure. Um, if the, if the fan community rivals around Boba Fett. Oh, we got to have more Boba Fett content. If that means something for solo two and solo content, because then now they have a little bit of a, of another property in Boba Fett and, you know, coming back and doing more Boba Fett content. I mean, people want to see that Instead relationship of gambling on it. They can gamble on the older Boba Fett and see how yeah. people like the character and all that. And then if that's tried and true, then they have an opportunity because you don't really have an opportunity to do much with Mando. I mean, I guess you kind of do. You could probably do before the show or something, but anyway. What would you guys do if in the Book of Boba Fett series there is a scene with Han Solo at some point and it's Alden? They wouldn't do it. But I'm saying what if they did? Let's have some fun right now. What if they did? What would you do? Yeah, but you you, just, you know what you're doing to my brain that loves continuity right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do a young you could do young Boba Fett 
and then that's what I'm saying. Young Boba Fett with pre all the yeah. New Hope. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they said we're going back in time uh, to see things. Oh yeah, that's what she was saying from the start. I don't know if they're going. Hey, you think they're going that far back? I mean, if they did, that'd be. I mean, I would. Of course, I would love it. There. I mean, there's there's the thought that Kira could be in this if they're going back to Empire time. Sure, um, sure. You know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't completely shock me if we saw a full on Crimson Dawn. Amelia Clark pop in in a flashback between Empire and Jedi. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. So, I mean, who knows? What I, about I mean, Solo and Carbonite, probably? Yeah, that'd be interesting if they actually showed that. Oh, they um, probably will. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Considering I don't know, that's they, right around that time when he's they, They're just putting stuff. out this comic now and it's ending in October of uh, six it weeks or whatever before be, this comes out. Yeah, but it's, it could literally be him in the Slave One, which I think it's a different name now, so I apologize. Slave One... Where he looks back and there's nothing there, and then he looks back again, and then you get a glimpse of Han Solo. Like it could be something like that. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be necessarily a big thing. Yeah, I mean they're definitely going to give us surprises. It's just a matter yeah. of what, how, how they do it. Um, I think these flashbacks are going to be a good way for them to use nostalgia, so that when they use the modern time version of the story, which still happens obviously a long time ago. Um, they can have some more fun with some new things with Boba Fett, which I think is good. So they like the idea of flashbacks in Star Wars now is a good thing, um, mm-hmm. especially for a series like this where they can say like, let's let's give you guys, let's feed you guys some some nice Boba Fett original trilogy era Thanksgiving dinner satisfied nostalgia. <laughs> so then when we do new style Boba Fett, you're not like, oh, that's not the Boba Fett I remember because they, mm-hmm. they're going to feed everybody with this. And I think that's a good way of using flashbacks in Star Wars. The only thing about flashbacks in Star Wars that I think is dangerous is it has opened up the floodgates of fans expecting that anything can happen now. Um, like we're oh, seeing yeah. with um, the Kenobi series, everyone's saying like, well, we're going to get Satine. We're going to get Clone Wars flashbacks and all this stuff. And I... I I don't know. Just don't get your hopes up because yeah. we know how that yeah. goes. You know what I mean? I mean, the Kenobi yeah. one almost kind of makes sense with the Clone Wars flashbacks because of the Hayden Christensen story. You got to de-age but, them, but yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, perhaps, yeah. But the the Hayden Christensen being brought on thing was the whole big thing with Obi-Wan, but we kind of put a squash I mean, to that Hay- last Hayden week. Christensen <laughs> looks good for his age, but he's a 40-year-old man, and you know we're supposed to believe that he's 23, you know? Yeah, but... John, you're missing what I'm saying. It's like the whole thing was that the story that we ran last week was why are they bringing in Hayden Christensen? It was yeah. believed that they were going to do flashbacks because they had Hayden Christensen because they couldn't do right. current version. But but but, but our the, story kind of made that more clear. Well, yeah, especially because like like we said, like <clears throat> Kathleen Kennedy said, he's coming back as Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, and that that's concrete. She made she made a point to say that. Yeah. So, right, right. Yeah. Um, another thing that we wanted to talk about in the Star Wars world, and this is kind of loosely the Star Wars world, but it was a new story, and I think it, it kind of caught John's eye in particular because he is big into this uh, type of stuff. But uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about how Frank Oz was recently doing an interview with The Guardian, and he brought up his time um, working with Yoda and more specifically, as the article was really mostly about, it was this time when he was working with uh, 
the Muppets and Sesame Street. And one of the big taglines, in fact, I think the title of the story was Frank Oz on Life as Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, and Yoda. I'd love to do the Muppets again, but Disney doesn't want me to. So, yeah, it's a little tricky. So um, before we get to John, I'm going to start with Lacey on this one. What were your thoughts on uh, reading over this as a big Frank Oz fan yourself? I'm a big Muppets fan. I grew up on the Muppets. That was like my childhood is Muppets and, you know, the Muppet show, all the Christmas movies, everything Jim Henson. Mm -hmm. So it it makes me really sad to see interviews like this with Frank Oz. You know, he's been pretty open about this. I don't think this is surprising. He's been very, very vocal on social media, on Twitter and in other articles about how he doesn't like how Disney is handling the Muppets. I think that the show that they tried to do, which was kind of like an office, like behind the scenes TV show, show mockumentary Mm -hmm. didn't do very well. And kind of the essence of the Muppets of what Jim Henson created has been a little lost over the past few years. And and that's partially due to Disney's handling of it, which is he has the right to say that because he was a part of like it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, he did talk about Yoda a little bit, which is really cool. So he talked about working with George and saying how, you know, he read the script for empire the other day and and there was a certain way Yoda was talking. And then he mentioned to George, Hey, what if I spoke like this? And George was like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. And you know, the interviewer jokes around with him and says, Hey, do you get ever get sick of hearing impressions of Yoda? And he goes, no, because everyone can do a voice. But, uh, he said, it's the soul. And I was like, wow. Like imagine being that we joke around on the show about like the man, the myth, the legend, like Frank Oz is one of those (laughs) people that you could actually say that about him and actually mean it. Like Mm -hmm. he is so legendary in pop culture and everything that he's done in puppeteering and voice work that you just know his voice. Like, as soon as you hear it, you're just like, oh, that's Frank Oz, and it's so magical, and he he's the best. Um, yeah. So, Frank, if you're listening, come on the show. Um, that being said, yeah. I really hope we do see Yoda again. Um, I'm thinking we might see it in Kenobi. I think we've talked about that at length. So hopefully we do, because he did come back for The Last Jedi, so it's not like he's against coming back to play Yoda. Um, and I don't think it would do Yoda justice for it to be anybody else. I think they want... that. I think that when you're talking about bringing back Yoda in that particular case, that was like Ryan Johnson, yeah. and his decision to say, we're getting Frank Oz because that his version of Yoda is exactly what I want. And right. what we're talking about here is somebody else hiring Disney, um, like showrunners and stuff for say Sesame street or something like that saying, we have this idea of what we want these characters to be. And it's not so much like we don't need Frank to do that is cause we right, have this idea of cheaper, where we want it to yeah. go. But when you're talking about someone who's like, I want exactly that. I want the, like, as if we haven't seen Kermit for 30, 40 years and they're right. like, I want that. You know, I want that. Imagine how crazy of, it would have yeah. been if he didn't get Frank Oz. Like people uh, were mad yeah. about I, everything else. Imagine getting like would... the annoyance <laughs> people would have if they were like, how could you not? Well, John, I, I what are, what's your take on this? Ryan Johnson for, you know, people can say what they want about him. I think he would make the tough choice and just not include Yoda in his right. movie. Right. Um, I agree. Um, my, yeah. My take on this is, I, I mean, I thought about this a lot and it's, 
Frank Oz, if you've listened to him in interviews, he, um, you know, he's in his 70s. He's very accomplished. He doesn't need to prove anything to anybody anymore. He's still very active, still working, still out there. Uh, also a, a very underrated director in his own right. A lot of his movies yes. I really yep. enjoyed. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Bowfinger. Um, he doesn't mince words at all. And the it. one that really, like, I was like, oh, wow, is when he said the Disney deal is probably what killed Jim Henson. It made him sick. Uh, at the time of Henson's death, he was negotiating with Michael Eisner, then the head of Disney, as uh, people may remember, uh, way before Bob Iger, um, about selling the Muppets. And Eisner was trying to get Sesame Street 2, and Jim Henson would not allow that. But he said, Jim was not a dealer. He was an artist, and it was destroying him. It really was. Um, now, that's a really bold thing to say. Obviously, you're talking about this man's death, and he died young at 53, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, because he had so much more to, to give. But, I mean, his legacy lives on. But hearing him say that, like, lit something in my mind thinking, I mean, you're putting Disney on blast, and he has every right to. And I, there are certain criticisms you can absolutely lay on Disney when it comes to, you know, IPs and that sort of thing. Um, I think they've done Star Wars very well, but... And that's what brings up my point. I think this type type of interview here where he's just absolutely annihilating Disney without quite... He's saying Disney killed Jim Henson, uh, but he's still able to work in Star Wars, tells me that this is proof, if, if, if people still needed it, that Lucasfilm has autonomy and operates as they want to, uh, which I believe was something very contractually put in place by George Lucas when he sold Lucasfilm to Disney saying like, I'm going to sell you my company. And I talked about this recently on one of the episodes, but you can't get rid of Skywalker sound. These people here, Doug Chang, you can't get rid of Doug Chang. You can't, you know, you have to, there's probably clauses in that contract saying you have to keep Lucasfilm and let them operate how they want to operate to a certain extent. I mean, Frank Oz is still doing stuff for Yoda in star Wars and he's saying here, they won't let me do the Muppets. So there's obviously a difference there where the Muppets maybe doesn't have that level of protection that something under the banner of Lucasfilm does. And I find that to be very, very interesting because I think... That can go back to the business thing. Jim Henson not being really in the business side, whereas George Lucas yeah. was very much the businessman. Well, yeah, he Still wanted is. to protect his brand and his yep. people yep, in, yep, in Lucasfilm. Yep. So I find this very interesting because I don't think we're done with Yoda either. I agree, Lacey. I think we'll see him again. Um, whether it is Kenobi or something else. And the fact that he's able to say this type of thing that honestly, and Disney's able to just understand like, you know, this guy's very important to the Star Wars franchise and stuff like that, uh, I think shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that Lucasfilm has that level of autonomy where they can say like, yeah, we're still working with Frank and that's what we want to do. Um, I I do respect his honesty. Uh, He's one of a kind. The fact that he says like, they think they can just put the felt on someone's hand and make the Muppets. It's like, no, man. He said it's all about the people who made it. And I think that's so important because they take these things for granted that you could just put a hand in a puppet and move its mouth around and write some kind of clever uh, dialogue that sounds like something the Muppets would say. The Muppets haven't been the same. They haven't since for for a very long time. Even Jason Siegel tried his best. Uh, It just goes to show that there is something really true and special about what they did. And I think Star Wars still kind of preserves that because you still have all the people who are at Lucasfilm and that sort of thing and say what you want about, you know, 
the current script writers and stuff and that's fine but the 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 heart of of the spirit of lucasfilm is still there and the fact that we still have frank oz uh as recently as one of those uh the cantina the uh, galaxy's edge thing he did the voice of yoda for like last year he's still there doing it so you see the difference between him talking about disney and still being able to work with lucasfilm i think that's that's just more proof that uh they can do what they got to do and i and i i, I love that because i hope we see more of frank oz and i respect the hell out of him please come on the pod frank god please come. it's funny that you actually say he was involved in some sort of what cantina or something. I think it's actually our next story, which is there was a new trailer for the new gameplay trailer, at least for star Wars tales of galaxy's edge. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that, which involved Yoda around the time of the high Republic and all this. Um, now this is this, uh, new trailer comes, uh, it's for the last call version of the tales of galaxy's edge. There's been a couple of them. Um, and they kind of they take place around the same time, but they're obviously like kind of different stories in in of themselves. And they bounce back and forth between um, when Galaxy's Edge, as we know it, between uh, episodes eight and nine. But also they're going to get artifacts. You get to see the original origins of those artifacts. So you are bouncing back to uh, High Republic times and involved in some of those other things. Uh, I, I was going to bounce back at you, John, on this, uh, especially since you just said what you said, like you're like, he's involved. Yeah. But um, what are your thoughts on something like this on, uh, I believe it's Oculus 2 uh, and the VR and how the, how this all looked as far as like a video game to you? What are your thoughts? Oh, me? I, I don't know because I don't have Oculus. I assume it's expensive without looking it up. Um, I'll defer to you guys in terms of like the gamer stuff. I know James, you tried the Vader one out at I've Celebration never a couple it, years ago. Yeah. You haven't played it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. I mean, I think this is one of those things that allows people to experience elements of Galaxy's Edge without having gone. Um, I think I'm one of the last people to have yet to go. Uh, yeah, me and Lacey both. Um, so this is fun. You know, I, I like that they do these things. Um, it's just one of those things to me that's not attainable because I don't see myself dipping myself too far into uh, the VR stuff because I feel like that's a commitment. Like once you're like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to be an Oculus person now and I'm going to get this. And then you have to like justify having it. So you have to get the other accessories and they probably have a, a special lightsaber hilt you can buy and the different goggles and all the games and stuff. I can't make that level of a commitment. I understand people who can. I'm sure it's amazing. So this feels like it doesn't exist to me because it's not going to be part of my reality. So I think it's going to be cool. But for me, it's going to be strictly just like outside looking in and hearing people talk about it. I'm sure people may like twitch with it or whatever. And I don't know if we're going to get one as a pod or whatever uh and and fight over who whose house it stays at but uh i i mean it's cool it's one of those things i don't have much else to say on it so i'll defer to Lacey for for more takes on because she's uh, the biggest gamer out of the three of us i think it's funny you say that because i haven't played this i haven't played the vr yeah, stuff. but you know video games and culture and like it, it looks cool i i think vr is one of those things that you know they even had the option for squadron too that uh you can play it with the vr oh. mm-hmm. but people were getting like motion sick and stuff I think. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that it's super cool it's ahead of its time you know it's the next big thing 
But like John said, there is a lot of pieces that go into that. Like you have to get the headset and, you know, does it fit right? It doesn't fit everybody's head perfectly. And then, you know, you're like sweating under the goggles and stuff. Um, I think it's cool. And I, and I appreciate the work and effort and story that goes into these types of videos because it's really cool. They've It has a lot of details, different characters. You know, before we started recording, I was talking to James about it and I was like, I mean, it seems like these things have more stories and tales and background information about Galaxy's Edge than actually Galaxy's Edge when you go. Now I'm speaking from a from a place I've never been there before, but it just seemed like years ago when this was announced, Galaxy's Edge, it seemed like it had all these like stories and adventures and different, you know, things you could do interacting with actors and, and droids and different experiences and it's kind of gotten dialed back from that and i think we knew that before galaxy's edge opened is that they made cuts here and there which is understandable in the world we live in that hey you can't do everything you pick and choose what can be done especially if there are budget cuts or something like that but it seems like this type of thing is a great way for someone that can't go to galaxy's edge or maybe can't afford to go to galaxy's edge can still experience it in a really fun way that they feel like they're there. Now, again, the problem there is that the VR sets aren't cheap either. So you're kind of in this weird place. But I'm sure you'll be able to just watch clips and stuff of of the experience. But I'll let James chime in. Um... I think I might actually have a lot to say about this. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. I mean, I I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I think like if you were given the opportunity to do this Galaxy's Edge virtual reality experience or go to the park, nobody is going to say I enjoyed the VR better or the story or anything like that. Oh, better I'm not than going saying to the park. that. I'm just saying that there's more story and background information and details than going to the park, which is a theme park. I mean, maybe, but when I go to the park, having read a lot of the books and like having been involved in like this comic or whatever that has mm-hmm, Doc Ondor mm-hmm. and stuff, when I go mm-hmm. see him, it's there he is. You know, that's kind of a thing. Sure. I understand some of those people being able to go there and be like, I don't know who that is. It's just like some weird alien creature or something like that. And I have no relevance <laughs> to it. But as a Star Wars fan, I know who that character is. And I know that in this book, when that person, you know, like, say, for instance, um, like the Han and Greedo thing, like going into the cantina, you might know that that shot or that, you know, blaster bolt behind him means something. They have that stuff all through Galaxy's Edge. You just have to, you just have to know. You have to dive into it and find it out. And, you know, all I'm these little things. I'm saying that this, when you're in this game and you're mm-hmm. experiencing it face to face with characters, is a very different experience than you reading a book and then going into the theme park. Whereas originally this theme park was you went into the theme park and with the exception of, I'm blanking on her name, the girl with the blue hair that's like the main Oh, Vi Marotti? Vi yes. Marotti, yeah. Sorry, I was blanking. Uh, she is the one that kind of takes you on all these different storylines and stuff throughout the park with the exception of Ray and Kylo. My understanding from the very beginning, and I'll have to look this up and maybe comment on it later, but there were different stories that you could get involved in with different actors and droids and stuff that were cut from the park Mm -hmm. so when you look at this vr game you're in that storyline you're a part of the park you're a part of what's going on and they give you missions to do and all this stuff that's not currently in the park now there are connections to books and comics and other things and movies and stuff but it's not as you getting transported to this place and going on missions Mm. that's what i'm saying 
I, I just I see the game as like they sure. you know mm. you're just in a bar and you're talking to yeah. the guy or whatever sure. and I don't really know that it's so much like you walking around the park in VR. Um, well, because you like, like an interactive stuff and experience going on or something. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they're gonna send you away to like the first order. They said all that, so you're going yeah. on this like new camp. So it's kind of a mm-hmm. it's kind of a way to interact with areas of Batu that we haven't been to, even if you've gone to the park. So it's kind of like out of it but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that all being said uh the vr thing um the vr thing is interesting because you you mentioned people getting sick that's a that is how good is your hardware how good is the interactivity between your link sure. and, the, and the process some people aren't going to get sick as others but nobody gets sick in actual reality because when we turn our heads and we're aware of all these things the world moves perfectly (laughs) exactly as it should so when you put something on that closes you off and when you turn your head quickly and what you see on screen and what you kind of experience like it doesn't doesn't do that exactly that's when your brain starts to go something's wrong here the better vr gets the more real we'll be able to sure be pulled away from that and i did do the vr um i've done vader immortal but that was only really a demo and i have done uh i played a lot of squadrons in vr and Mm -hmm. both of those do have that experience of you're in it and you're involved and then you like pull it off and you're like i forgot i was in a living room (laughs) holy crap whether i was sick or not it still Mm -hmm. gave me the immersive experience that i was involved in this thing much more than I feel like when you just play the game on a television. Sure, you're kind of sure. aware of your surroundings and you know you're playing a television. When you're playing the video game, you're kind of in this other world. Even if you are aware it's still a video game, you're kind of there. And then when you take it off, and actually, if anybody's interested, uh, Marquez Brownlee did an episode recently on teleportation, like old tech that doesn't exist, but we thought it might exist or something. And he interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson and Neil deGrasse Tyson brought up that VR is the closest thing that we have to teleportation. You listen to his reasoning for it and it's very similar to what we're kind of talking about with this stuff. And it's all very interesting how VR could be the next big thing. Facebook is really pushing VR to be the next big thing. Well, they bought Oculus, yeah. And they, and well, here's the thing. So yeah, that's This isn't new. This is years Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. So this device that you're talking about, Oculus 2, is the Facebook gaming system. And they, it's like 300 But I don't really know the prices. I've looked into it before and I've done my research, but I've kind of forgotten it off the cuff. Um, but it's something like 300 bucks for the yeah. device. But you have to, literally have to link it to your Facebook account. You have to have Facebook in order to right. use it. Right. If you do not agree with Facebook or you do not want to have a Facebook they will sell you one that doesn't have to link to Facebook, but it's seven hundred dollars, yeah, and or eight hundred dollars, something like that. And there's an annual like hundred and fifty dollar fee or something that is continual, just because they know that if you buy the three hundred dollar version and you feed them all of that information, they, they will, want yo data. They will make that in the back end. But if you're not going to give them all that money to make off of you and your information, they want all that money up front and will continually charge you. So this goes back to like a whole privacy thing. I know people that aren't are bummed because they've because Lucasfilm, for instance, or the people involved in this game have chosen 
Oculus as the as the yeah. software to work with, the hardware when they to work done with. Something else, yeah. Because now I can't play it. You know, I have people that are like, I'm banned Facebook and I'm not having anything to do with them. And because these things are on like Beat Saber, for instance, I used to love Beat, not me, but like, you know, people mm -hmm. I've heard talk about. It. I used to love Beat Saber. And now that they're exclusive to this thing or whatever, it's like I, I can't play it anymore. It's just done. I'm not going to compromise and privacy the, and all this other stuff and build the, Facebook uh, up. Expensive not version. The, I'm not being the other the other uh, downside is that they actually send Mark Zuckerberg to your house and stare at you judgmentally as you play without being linked into Facebook. O only when you want to write something online. So right. if yeah. yeah, you can play, you can do all you want in the in in your home. Right. But if you're about to say something that is remotely publicly, you will get the knock on the door. And it's Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and if he's not available, they send Jesse Eisenberg instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, he's like the, the B-run. Yeah. The, so the, the the one thing I find a little, and uh, you know, we're doing a lot of in this episode, I guess like the theme of this episode is like kind of, at least from my perspective, <laughs> like the, the, the way Lucasfilm was and if they still are, is you got to feel like if it was George Lucas's Lucasfilm still, they'd come up with their own thing. They'd make their own Oculus and and do like he was all Maybe. about creating all these things. Yeah, and now but they put their games on other systems like PlayStation. That's and no that and that's the hub of where you play the game. And maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong there. But I feel like the that they even outsource some of the elements of uh, stuff ILM does. We've saw them bring in other companies and stuff. And you never really heard of that back and then. And that's when the leaks happen. Yeah, so I, 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 find, I find that part a little interesting that they do a little bit more of outsourcing now. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's budgetary. Um, who knows? But um, I, I just, a part of me would think like, I wonder if George Lucas like would have invented his own like thing. And it's I not like. I, yeah, not to argue know. with you. I, I just don't, I don't see that being something. I would see Maybe him not. wanting yeah. to be hands on in a no, game anyway. and making sure that the game is creative. Yeah. But the hardware itself tends to be like. I mean, who's creating hardware for gaming? It's yeah, that's, that's uh, true. it's it's Microsoft, it's yeah. Sony, it's uh, Facebook in this case, you know, and even theirs is like kind of a subset, a smaller mm -hmm. uh, piece yeah. of hardware. Um, the the big one that in not to, to get too into video games or whatever, but the big one that always surprises me is that Apple has not yet stepped into it. But I think that's because they're relying on their app store and they're making so much revenue from other people making games and submitting them to their device. You yeah. know, yeah, I, I you know they can just you can make a game and put it on iOS and then all of a sudden now Apple's making thirty percent of that revenue, which also is a political thing right now. If anybody's paying attention mm -hmm. to that stuff, but mm -hmm. um, a few other things getting back to Star Wars uh, that we wanted to touch on before we move out of Resistance Report is that uh, there's the comics still that are going on. We kind of um, talked a little bit about uh, that stuff on our patreon q a we were asked about our opinions on some of the new uh takes on vader and how they're treating him and stuff but if you guys want to check out what's going on there vader and ochi of bestoon are now working together in the war of the bounty hunters and if you don't have the time really to read all those comics or um you don't have the money maybe to invest into purchasing all of them, but you're really interested in the story. Star Wars Newsnet is the place to go as you can read the kind of spoiler reviews and kind of synopsis. They're like book discussions, but for the comics, <laughs> you can get each one of them um, 
and just kind of get a breeze through of what's happening. And, and hey some man, of the I just art is included. $700 Oculus. I can't afford <laughs> comics. Let me read the reviews. Yeah. All my comic budget just went to the $150 annual fee because I won't tell them where I live. Um, <laughs> But uh, but that's out there. If you guys want to check that out, links are in the description of the YouTube video. Uh, the only other thing, Lacey, is I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on this because the Hasbro yep. Pulse fan first Star Wars event is happening Wednesday, uh, nine eight, uh, nine o'clock, eight o'clock at eleven nope. a.m. Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> Wednesday, September eighth at eleven a.m. I, I had a flashback to like <laughs> Disney Channel being like nine eight central. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. MacGyver. Coming I was like, but Sunday. it doesn't say what time. <laughs> time period that is okay yeah it's on the 8th and it's at 11 a.m um lacy uh what are, what are your thoughts on this yeah so hasbro finally announced that they're doing a fan first uh it's usually fan first friday but this time it's a wednesday at 11 a.m um Lame. so <laughs> george lucas actually, wouldn't let that happen <laughs> i actually don't mind it being in the middle of the week but uh they're doing a live stream to show fans new reveals and what's coming in the pipeline so usually they announce updates on what they've done with a couple new things um, and I uh, assume they're going to go into more detail about that HasLab Rancor. Rancor which, update. Which, again, I feel like an idiot because I was like, there's no way they accidentally did that. And then they did. So I can't wait to see what Patrick has to say about that. <laughs> you can't yeah. not acknowledge that. But um, the big question, will I ever get a Ray lightsaber? I don't know. We'll see. 9-8. We will see. 9-8. 11 a.m., guys. <laughs> 9 uh, the Hasbro Pulse. Central. Fan first event. No, don't say that. You're going to confuse people. 11 a.m. Oh. on Wednesday. Only on oh, the Disney Channel. Yeah. All right, that is it for Resistance. Like That's it for Resistance Report, guys. Uh, Lacey, take us into our next section. What are we doing? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN, on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast, here on YouTube uh, at Star Wars Newsnet Videos. You can like, comment, subscribe. It helps us out. Ring the bell for notifications so you don't miss anything, as well as multiple places, audio platforms like Spotify. Uh, so yeah, you can follow us at all those different places. But if you want more, starting at $2 a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. You support us every month. Literally two bucks a month. You get all this extra content, weekly videos outside of just our normal episodes. You get the episodes early. We just did a live Q&A, which we do monthly, where we answer all different types of questions like what's our favorite candy bar? What are our most embarrassing moments? Uh, is Lacey afraid of everything? Yes, I am. Uh, so that kind of stuff. And if you want more, as you go up in the ranks, you get exclusive Discord access, even more one-on-one -on -one time with us, mm -hmm. and much more. So we want to say thank you to certain groups of people that are uh, big contributors to the community. So first of all, thank you to our generals. I'm going to take a breath here because there's a lot of them. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Hass, uh, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Chorlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys Thank so you. much as the generals. Thanks. And then we have our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Horneck, and Micah Harrison. Thank you wow. guys Thank you. so much for your support. It means Killer. a lot to us. Like I said, um, 
any level supports us and lets us do what we love to do, which is talk about Star Wars, create new stuff for you guys, and build the dream that is doing more things for you guys. So For sure. This time, I'm really excited we have someone else new in in the pod racer spot. So we have General Christian Morales. Welcome, Christian, to the show. Oh, yeah. His question, which, by the way, this part of the segment is we ask a question and they get a chance to be on the show by answering. So his question was, as a 501st member, he's a very active one. It's very cool. Uh, If you were lucky enough to be an extra in any of the upcoming Star Wars series or movies, which would you want to be an extra in most? As in what? Go ahead, Hmm. Christian. Take it away. And as what? Oh, and as what? Go ahead, Christian. <laughs> hey, what's going on, TRB? The question I was asked was, is me being part of the 501st Legion, uh, what upcoming TV series or movie I'd like to participate and be an extra in? Uh, now, if I did get selected, I think I'd like to be a TIE pilot in uh, the Andor series, just because the regular TKs already got their turn in The Mandalorian, so I figured w- what better way than to represent all the pilots. Uh, anyways, thanks for the question. And uh, hope all is well. May the force be with you. Nice job, Christian. Great yeah. first pod race. Epic. John, what do you think? I like that he took a swipe at TK Stormtroopers. Um, <laughs> I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was good. Um, I thought that was fun because as we know, it's been wildly publicized that Filoni... Uh, Brought in a lot of 501st TK troopers because they were so accurate. So mm-hmm. the dream is there, Christian. There's a chance, man. You could definitely do that. Maybe because you're such a big supporter of Makes a Little 2 Happen, maybe you get to be a TIE fighter, like trying to shoot down Han Solo or something. I don't know. I don't want to build you up too much. But um, you did a great job, man. Uh, I know you were like, yeah, I'm a little nervous to do my first pod race. Crushed it, man. Did such a good job. Um, I think that's a good take because you're like, they haven't done this yet, so maybe if I get the call, this is my shot. And Andor, I think that's interesting because a lot of people are sleeping on Andor with what's going on with the hype for Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi. So you're just like, let me just coast right into this Andor series, which everyone's kind of laying in the weeds, not thinking about. And I think that show is going to rock. So I think that'd be a good spot to be in because that should be an action-packed show. So I think you did a great job. I think that's a great answer. Uh, can't wait for your next pod race. And uh, thanks for all of your support, man. I thought you did a fantastic job. Um, appreciate it. You're the man, Christian. Thanks so much, buddy. Great job. James? Um, yeah, no surprise here, actually, because I've actually done um, some work so like off, you know, off out of the side outside of the resistance for Christian um, as far as like some photo editing and stuff for the when he does this. So when I think of Christian Morales, I think of this tie fighter like in this outfit and it's so perfectly done and um yeah that's just it d- didn't surprise me at all that he's like i want to be a tie pilot in the andor series and i know andor's coming up and it's just going to be a big deal and um the way they incorporated all of the 501st into mandalorian it seems also almost realistic you know that they would My do that friend for these was other on the shows show. yeah and he kept the secret yeah so it's crazy um it's it's out there it's possible uh the costume looks great and uh, like i said before i think of you as this tie pilot so (laughs) i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i hope you like that but yeah um yeah good pod race man good pod race christian great job first of all i love all your star wars stuff it i'm a collector (sighs) you get it i'll take all your star Wars stuff if you don't want it anyway uh 
I think it's really cool that you're in the 501st. I adore all the people that do cosplay because the time, money, and just passion that goes into it is just so admirable, um, especially because I know you take a lot of your time out of your weekends and during the week to do charity events and fun events for kids. And that just means a lot, especially to kids nowadays, like to just have those fun moments. So thank you for doing that. Um, you killed this. I think TIE Pilot is perfect because I see what you did there because not only are you do you like to dress up as that, but you get to be in a spaceship. Like, you get to be in the ship when they film, mm, and, like, yeah. what better epic thing to do? We heard from Paul when he was on the show about how cool it was. So, man, great answer. Um, awesome job. And now we're going to go back to John. All right. So, yeah, we don't have much time. So, really quickly, obviously, we have the Hasbro thing coming out Wednesday. So, let's just, uh, no preparation here. Let's real quick, each of us just give an answer of something that they're not going to a reveal. They're not going to reveal this on Wednesday. If one of um, you say the Ray the Yellow Lights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say they're not going to reveal a Force Ghost Luke action figure on Wednesday. You know, it's tough to, to talk about action figures, like what they're going to reveal, because so far for probably the past year, maybe two years, it's been repaints of old figures and... Mm. Uh, reissues of things so it's hard for me to say like oh i really want to see this brand new thing that they haven't done yet because it'll most likely be troopers we'll probably get a bunch of troopers maybe one big item like a ship like that's a what they ship. are going to announce what are they not yeah going what they're announce. not going to announce well that's what i'm saying everything else so like any ben solo merch they won't announce so no nothing ben solo okay yeah that's um, not to say that I don't want it. I'm saying no, that no, I have right. been asking for it. Yeah. And I think that they're steering clear of the sequel trilogy. So I don't think they're going to announce anything sequel trilogy. Okay. James? Um, how about... This is a little bit of a cheat, but they will not announce a Force Ghost Qui-Gon <laughs> at this event. <laughs> but they absolutely will have that announcement this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> I could hope so. Be, could be. All right. Uh, we'll see. Imagine they announce all three of these things. <laughs> if they yeah. finally do a Ben Solo, oh my gosh, that's going to be the hardest one to get. You yeah. are not going to be able to get no that action ben figure. Is there no Ben Solo Black Series figure? Nope. Not yet. They, they, mm. They've made it. They've designed it. They just haven't put it out, I'm sure. But um, all right. So uh, we want to thank everyone for listening and watching, being a part of TRB. Uh, Thank you all so much for just uh, keeping TRB a fun place to be. Uh, you're as big a part of this as we are. So uh, from us to you and back, thank you so much. Uh, like Lacey said, make sure you do subscribe to the show because twice a week, every week, we're hitting you with Monday and Thursday new episodes. And we'll be doing stuff for the Book of Boba Fett all into 2022. Uh, we're not sure how we're going to do all that, but we're trying to start planning now. Uh, your support, whether that's just listening to us and telling friends about us or being a patron, it doesn't matter. Your support the keeps us going. Yeah, whether yeah. you're yeah sharing the episode with friends or tweeting it or wherever you are, it means a lot because we have seen a lot of growth on all of our formats and uh, it's all thanks to you and, and the word of mouth and we really appreciate that very much. So, uh, thank you. Uh, make sure you're going to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars NewsNet. And uh, I have a movie podcast as uh, movies that aren't Star Wars called Just Like the Movies. And we're putting out our new episode tomorrow on the movie Heat, 
with Val Kilmer, Pacino, and De Niro. So check that out if you're interested. Uh, James. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks and on this channel doing the book discussions. Uh, I don't know if last week anybody picked up Tempest Runner is an audio drama. Um, but if you did pick it up and you've had time to listen to it, you're all the way through it. Now is the perfect time to go and check out our discussion on what we thought of it. Not only our review, but just a more of a spoiler discussion and about you know all the events and all the characters and where it's going and all this other stuff has to do with the higher public so there you go definitely um lacy people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin and i will most likely be covering everything that's happening with the hasbro stuff on wednesday at 11 a.m yes no doubts uh hopefully that ray lightsaber um all right i already have so, one so it's like now this is just a bonus but i would a... like one that matches my other ones <laughs> right um okay so we'll be back on thursday where we are going to uh it's our discussion show so we're going to talk about a lot of different things on thursday uh including maybe a little bit about a little guy called grogu but uh until then we hope you enjoy your labor day if you're off that's great if you're working sorry but hopefully we brightened your day a little bit here and we'll see you next time right here on the resistance broadcast as always we'll see you around kids <laughs>